You give nothingness to nothingness. Take me away until only I am. You give emptiness to emptiness. Take me away. Sometimes you just have it close for you, because almost any discipline that you follow has its limitations. Whether it is, uh, you know, some form, some scientific discipline, some form of medicine, some form of martial arts, some form of whatever training, they can only be what they are because of their limitation. I don't know if you see that. You can only be what you are in that way because of limitation. You may find out something, but you preserve and defend your limitation as well, because your mind is not, cannot be open, totally open. So this why, that's what I was saying, that, and what Ramana Maharshi said, if you learn anything without first knowing who you are, all your knowledge amounts to learned ignorance. If you don't know what, and uh, we are very proud of our learned ignorance because, you know, you become a, an expert in your own field of ignorance, and you write there something suffocate. I'm not saying these things are bad in themselves because, you know, while human beings are, um, you know, drawn to or live with identity, you're gonna only you cannot you cannot comprehend the whole. You cannot you cannot comprehend it with us a sense of wholeness. Your perception of the world is not holistic. You follow? It's just not holistic because something uh, fixes you into a sort of groove to do with your conditioning, and uh, and you learn through your conditioning, and that's fine. Also, we don't uh, expect much more than that. You you go to the top of your field within your specific discipline. And your traditions and so on, and uh, but you end up into a st- into a locked state. I don't know any expert at all who is not in some kind of locked. They say things like that. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. It's not true. I don't accept. You see, like this. And if you're so proud, you know, I don't accept. You cannot possible. It's ridiculous. It's not. It's not possible. And. Uh, Even one time I was having some massage to one Japanese girl in Tiruvannamalai, and she was uh, reputed to be, you know, like a very good 
but what she does, I don't remember what 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 is her what they call. She was giving massage, and uh, I said to her something. I don't remember exactly what point it was. I'm going to try and see if I can retrieve it now. But for me, it was a very simple, a very simple insight. And she said, "No, it's not possible. It cannot cannot happen. You know, it's just not possible." I was so surprised. I said, "Look at you." How can you, 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 you are someone who come here who is even you know studying Ramana Maharshi and and speak like that. It was such a limitation. I just my, uh, my my feeling towards her just dropped right there because you you you're not open at all. The best you can do if you know nothing, don't have any opinion. You just stay in a state of neutrality. Because then the whole universe can converse with you. The universe can some can can find a way into you if you close all your doors, and just you have a sense of opening your doors to your own discipline. Though you may be proud and think you know you're an expert and have all these things, these kind of letters on behind your name, you're still very closed. Even I could look at this documentary now, and I see the doctors. Oh, it's just impossible. You simply cannot. I say these people are at the top of their field. They have, you know, I mean, they they are regarded as top of their field, and there are things about life. They think it's impossible. <coughs> I say you are just a child, darling, in this universe. It's just other people think you are something great because you have all these things behind your name, but you are a child here. And I see that it's so so sad. I don't know what the word sad. I'm using the word. I don't know what the better word to say. Especially in the Western, Western Western No, West Indians also are closed in many respects. Uh, but uh, it's true. Indians who have been Westernized are very closed and very bigoted as well. They are sometimes even more closed. I went to uh, one uh, treatment center in India one time. I had to do all these tests. I was not well. As often, I'm not well in India physically, you know. And uh, I told them I was taking some. What kind of what kind of things have you been taking, and so on, so on, so on. So I, well, I've been, you know, I went to an Ayurveda clinic, and so on. So on. So, oh, waste of time! Waste of time! Oh, these things are waste of time. It's a waste of time. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Only allopathy work. All these Ayurvedic stuff, the nonsense, nonsense. It doesn't work. So, fuck oh, oh, Look at this. I, I don't even trust you now. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, that's scary to think you go to a doctor. You're going to listen to these people, and they're telling you Ayurveda doesn't. I I don't know if it works, but I I feel it's a huge step to say that it's rubbish. I just I feel that that is just so. In fact, the human beings whose mind is closed in any direction. Basically, is a downhiller for me. You just stay, and this is why I point you so much. Don't be because many people are afraid to admit they don't know something. They feel ashamed. They feel embarrassed. They don't want to tell you. All you know, sometimes even in India, you see, you're trying to find some place. How do I get to Ramana Ashram? And the people don't know, but they're not going to tell you they don't know. They send you up the road. 
to go up there because they can't say, I don't know. They have to tell you something. And he meets another one up there and tell you, oh, so it's down, it's going on the way there. The other one, no, no, that's no, not there, it's over there, go down there. In the end, you end up in the bush. <laughs> if I can, uh, you cannot. Um, you just make it available that people know. You have an option just to stay, to discover this beautiful, the wideness of neutrality. Just to stay empty. Don't just don't log in to any strong point of view. Don't make tattoos out of any teaching, out of anything. Just follow, follow, sense, keep open. It's the most beautiful to meet a human being. Maybe don't know anything, don't even know the alphabet in any language, but it's open. You feel space inside. One of the greatest things a human being can transmit or impart to you is space, to give you space, to let you feel space in their presence. I think it's the modern sickness, a lack of inner space, of that intuitive or that inner space, you know, because we are so we are constipated with concepts, opinion, opinion, opinion. And then this whole concept of uh, experts, they turn you into a fool. Many teachers, they do this. They are just, they become dictators in their disciplines, and they are completely close to other aspects of seeing. They don't give any credibility. They, they always uh, shoot you down, uh, you know. No, our way is the right way only, and other ways are wrong. That is called a non-holistic. That's that's an allopathic mentality, which means basically it's almost poisonous. You know, to just have an attitude like this. You know, no, 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 it's impossible. It cannot be done. You close your mind, and you you pick up that state of mind and just go around and oh no, it's rubbish. It cannot be done. It's never happened. No, 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 nonsense, nonsense. And because they have a strong voice, the people just simply believe and accept so quickly. Just they don't know anything. Then you know there's such a, there's such a such space. To know to know anything is a limitation and an ignorance. You should write it down. To know anything actually, uh, apart from your yourself, is a limitation and an ignorance. You can tell anybody I said that, but few few will understand what you mean, because we venerate, you know, at least objective knowledge, so-called objective knowledge. We venerate. Oh, you know, you know something. You know, you know about you know biology. You know about uh, zoology. You know about you know all these things. But do you know the knower? Who is the knower of all these things? 
found out one thing earlier because even history, studying history, 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 we learnt at school. Yeah. And I said, but how do you know these things? Mm-hmm. How do you know if your history is accurate? Mm-hmm. In order to know what the historian write is accurate, you'll have to have a history of the historian as well to find out a little bit about where he's coming from, because none of them are empty enough. And uh, even if you could get all the greatest minds, the greatest historians in the world, and put them together, they could not reconstruct one moment accurately of this universe. They think I'm talking rubbish, do you? They cannot. They could not reconstruct because the universe does not work like that. We are only given uh, some, you know, incomplete evidence of our uh, projections at a psychophysical level or something of our perceptions based upon our body mind belief and identity it's so weak just stay empty no no nothing then at least god can talk to you some of these things that happen with people it's not even out of just training. They can give a little bit of training, but some, some sort of uh, um, some divine phenomenon happened to them. You see, and it just is such a powerful shift in consciousness. It it completely alters even your physiological structure is changed. Like that. that can happen like that. That's what happens in prayer and in and in uh, spiritual transmission. Is it, something changed? Your whole uh, being undergoes kind of like some some you know some radical transformation. And your whole thinking is is changed. You 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 die personally. You die of something. Thereafter, somehow you inherit a, a power to not just to teach, but also to impart through your own power. You understand? Because mostly we teach you teaching concepts. But uh, but can your presence also inspire? Because we look upon teaching like you know you learn, you learn, you learn. But they this is why they are fascinated. They they really they really uh, so. You know, they're so shocked. You know that something can appear that their science cannot explain. And puts they put so much, uh, so much belief, so much of themselves into it that it makes it impossible for them to be open, because it will be to challenge their their uh, discipline. This is why Mahatma Gandhi, in some way, I mean, in fact, he, you know, he at one point, you know, when he came back, when he returned from South Africa, I think he was in South Africa now. When he returned to India, and uh, somehow, is he was at the beginning of his uh, spiritual mission, and he had a lot of attention, you know, a lot of parties were interested in him for his support, political parties. 
And he just had the insight, the wisdom enough to know, don't join any political party, because all of them are a limitation. You will never be free. And he had to express a, a broader truth than any of them had the capacity to, to, to you know, to be to to be open to. He had to step out of that. No, no, I cannot do that. I can only walk with God. I can't walk with you. If I walk with you, I'm going to fall down, down, down the road. So he had to step away from them. You see, if you are too much conditioned, you know, you're just you are just a bit dead. And this is why very often, you know, only people who are a little bit outcast, who have been rejected by society, or considered to be a bit, you know. Something inside them become large enough, open enough, to allow the divine to move in, to 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 move, to enter from, not enter from outside, actually enter from inside. You see, the knowledge enter from outside in most people, but God enters from inside. You see. If God enters from inside, you know, who are you? If even this much someone understands. A certain standpoint, it's like the world just appears through that standpoint. You know, you you know, you just you cannot see clearly. It's like looking at the screen now, and you're looking at this number twenty-two on the side here, and it just seems like it's going down, like it's moving, but it's not moving. If you are not careful, you look at the screen. You know, you think everything is moving. That twenty-two is like falling down, and you don't see. Hang on a second. No, everything is moving up. It's still, and then somehow, you know. But if something comes and says, No, 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 it's all moving, this is a very narrow, you're not open enough to. You have to be open enough to be flexible in any moment. And uh, most experts are afraid to be flexible. Because when you're flexible, you have to step out of your tradition. You have to be alive, you have to be fresh, you have to, be, you have to not know. Just like to surrender, you, know, you have to be empty. Surrender means to be empty. You can't be surrender and be full. Surrender makes you empty. So I tell you, when you are when you are in the when I say the state of neutrality, you are empty. You don't have an opinion. But some in our culture, we are afraid to be without opinion because opinions are venerated. We come into ignorance through opinions. Even more spiritual teachings, they are also a kind of opinion, but they are like divine opinions. You know, I'll tell you what I mean by that, because ultimately the truth is not a concept. When you're empty, 
you know, you can be nothing. And when you are nothing, you can begin somehow to taste the immensity of the divine. What is this life for? What is this body for? To taste and meet and be the immensity of the divine. What is this life for? It is to discover the immensity, the timelessness, the, the immutability, the indivisibility, the undying, the unborn awareness. This is what this body is for. what this life is for. This is why sometimes when you are feeling your lowest, when you are most sick, when you are most depressed, you are actually nearer to God than you think. Then when you're feeling all really wonderful and all this kind of stuff, very often, you know, it's just sometimes we 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 are in this state in the body, but you really <coughs> feel terrible because of what your mind thinks about it. So your mind doesn't want to be there. Oh, I feel so terrible. I don't. So but if you just drop the idea, you know, because sickness also sometimes has to be for health to happen. Sickness is a form of health. Because sickness is purging something out. You know, it's purging something. And when you feel sometimes when people are most ill, they they exude a kind of humility and a, a spiritual glow come from them. More than when they are very, very, you know, excited and happy in this type of way, they are so out of themselves very often. You know, many people that there is from a state of depression that they drop into the into the great into the great seeing, the great being. They come through that door. When everything in your world crash. But we are not really um, encouraged just to, to see and to look and to be open about these things. Because then you might just see that everything in your life is a blessing. If you don't believe your mind's judgment about things, you may just start to see everything happen to you. My God, look at that! It brought me to here. It got me to give up all these things. Look at this. A person who is steeped in ego cannot be grateful for anything. Much joy, too much happiness. This too much. It's too beautiful. It's too beautiful. What this being, what this being, the song of this being, it's too beautiful. It's just too beautiful. It's too. It's too much. People have to grow into into themselves. They have to wake up into your higher nature. 
but not just but with superficial practice. And you must surrender yourself. You understand? You must give up your personal self-defence. You must stop fighting for your superficial self. You have to turn everything in. You have to have this kind of. You have to have this. You have to have this tremendous courage to throw everything that you value about yourself into the fire of grace. You have to do it. At least have that attitude. Have that attitude. It is the most beautiful thing you will do. The most beautiful thing. The people are fighting to retain themselves, to hold on to their little idea of themselves. And if they look and see what they had, they're holding on to. What is it? Peanuts. Peanuts. It's just some delusion. Pure trickery. How you think I can come to talk about these things like these things? Every day, every day. Yeah. people might think, boy, you really have a lot of determination. It's really no you don't know. Not determination. It's just it's just too much joy. I have to speak it out somehow. <laughs> But nobody really wanted. It's just a kind. It's just it's there, there. It doesn't cost me anything. Growing up, and uh, I, if you would ask at any point in my life, could you imagine that one day, you know, you know, it's inconceivable. I don't think anybody can think like that. Where is it coming from? Where is all this coming from? From the Father Himself He's coming. Only this one can provide that inexhaustible love and just sweetness. It's just sweetness. Even if He hits you on the head, it's pure sweetness. (laughs) You are so lucky. If God give you a drop kick, I've been taking everybody's mind for so long, so I'm so sick. 
<laughs> outside, who was saying something to me? Someone say what? They say what do they say outside? No, I just heard somebody say something. They say um, if somebody is full of love for me, yeah. does it does it help my does it help my body? I say, of course it does. Of course it does. Not just my body, their body and every other body. If you feel love in your heart, if you turn your just your heart towards all of life, everything benefits from it. And uh, if I'm constantly in the field of tamasic thinking and rajasic thinking and identity, people are always concerned about this and this and this. The kind of the negative ego depressive states and stuff is the most unhealthy thing, and my body feel it. It feels it terrible. I think this is what also happened with uh, when you speak about Christ gave his life for the whole world. It's a similar thing for anyone who has really gone into the heart of God. You feel you have to give you give your life become prasad for the whole world. You know. Because I just say, okay, fine. If you're gonna use it for that, then it's fine. It's good. To use it for that is good. Because it's no good to me. What am I going to do with my life? What 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 good is my life if it's just for me? What good is my life if it's just for me? To do what with it? That is the most ridiculous thing. What would I be doing on this planet to just live for me? Who is being to live for me? You you are you are a criminal. You're a thief. You're stealing the wor- the love from the world. Your body is to be a servant of love for the whole world. What am I going to do with anything I get from this planet? Just for your own selfish pleasure, which is only you know here and gone. No wonder we cannot keep this joy, because everything is momentary. If you are momentary, if you are flesh and blood, you're only momentary. So all your pleasures only momentarily. If this joy, if this realization is just for me, it's just totally unacceptable. It's just absurd and very. It would just be. It. I just think it would be mm, vulgar. But something. Something happened like that. If you want this body to be healthy, and then you 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 use what I tell you to find yourself. When I was in India, I went to the doctor, an Indian doctor, 
Indian doctors at least most of them you know they are they have some some sattva in them still western western they're not so westernized that they are that they just become like cardboard the doctor said to uh, those who came with me you have to take care of that body of his because he won't take care of it he take care of you you take care of this body you can't do take care and i can't take care of it i try sometimes i try to do it is the hardest thing to do it but i don't like people take care of my body too much also yes and Try what light energy. How about it that light energy come from me. I'm the source of that light energy. What am I going to try it for? If it's meant for, if it's been meant by the Lord's will that this body experiences that, then it will happen. But there's no mind to determine that here. But we have no mind to determine these things. It's like that. It's it's a bit like. Uh, um, I take a risk in saying these things, but I think we have to be mature to listen to these things. You know, when I had a mind enough, I could have determination. But I can have a determination now. You understand? And this is what the human being is afraid of. It's like what Maharaj said the the other day. You know? He said uh, when I spoke, uh, you know, God is my secretary. He says, "Oh, I'm afraid of that." My issue here. Yeah, I'm afraid. This is the one thing I don't want. I don't want God to be my secretary. I want me to be my secretary. My mind has to be my secretary. Don't let Mr. God near me at all to be my secretary. And I'm happy that he speak because maybe you hear an echo of your own thing in that. Because you don't have the confidence enough to trust that the Supreme uh, arranges your existence, your your dynamic uh, existence. Because he might just give you something you don't want. That's what you think in your mind. Eh? But this you already is a trickster. We have to be like this because as long as we have the human form. We have some preferences, you know, preferences, and that's the challenge. Because you say, oh, "Okay, I can't surrender to God." That's why people, you, Westerners, many of them are many in our Western culture, generally speaking, we are afraid of surrender. It's frightening, surrender. You know this. 
because it means surrender your ego. You don't know. You might do you 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 some something is giving you something against your will. So this thing, you know, uh, may thy will be done. We are praying, oh heavenly Father, may thy will be done. But secretly you're thinking, may my will be done. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> it's yeah, it's difficult when you have this, you know. This is a hardship to sail, this human body. To use this ship to sail the ocean of samsara. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy for anybody. Because you know. But there's easy way to understand. When you understand, if you can, if you don't know your true position, you have the hardest work, and it will feel like it's just you're fighting with your mind. Your mind's gonna beat you. But once you are understood, you don't have to fight with your mind anymore. You are fighting with your mind because you believe yourself to be mind, and you feel yourself to be body, body mind. You understand, hmm? but once you know who you are, you don't have to fight. You have, there's no, there's no contest. When you think you're a body mind, you'll fight with mind. When you know you're the self, you don't have any fight. Because we want something from. We want to, we want to hold on to our body mind identity, so the mind has a lot of things, a lot of con. He has a lot of drugs. Yeah. He has a lot of drugs. He's the greatest dealer. You always have something for him because you want something from him. You see, but you know at the end. What is the mind? You can call the mind in the aspect of the 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 tempter, the accuser, the destructor. You may call him Satan. We don't like this word anymore in the Western culture. But as soon as you again return to your heart, he turns again into light, the same one. Do you like these things when I talk about these things like this? Does it make your spirit yes. feel good? Yes. yes. Okay. Any, anything you say. Okay. Because uh, what I tell teach you and talk to you about, they are pure spiritual oxygen for your mm. spirit. Mm. Don't tell you anything to depress you. It will only depress the one who is a disciple of the devil. Only them are going to get uh, depressed. Because they hold on to their identity and are fiercely fighting for identity, you know, that is their bad luck for now. But that karma will change because everyone, everybody is blessed. Mm -hmm. like I said also, like you mentioned in the film, more from the more open-minded perspective, mm -hmm. as us being the creators of the world. We live in, 
does that come already from a mind that is together with the heart? You are not the creator of the earth, but you are the creator of the world that you experience, the psychological world, the the psychological emotional states, which is what the world that we live in. I mean, you know, the earth is one thing, but because we are not experiencing the earth merely as a physical phenomenon, but uh, as a psychological phenomenon. Uh, shaped by you know so many factors, you know who you think you are, your conditioning, your belief system, your own personal mythology, your own projection and identity all contribute. They are like the herbs and spices that you 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 do the condiments you use to add to the earth to make it into your unique taste to satisfy your own conditioning. So that world, uh, no two people can live in your world really. It's a very, very unique world. You people it. The the population of your world are are your projections. You see these bodies and you think you know these bodies, but you can only know them depending upon your projection, what you consider them to be. How can you know anybody? A a a a a being is not a fixed thing that you can know. You are more like a verb than you are a noun. There is always something. So, what can you know of somebody? What you can know is maybe their through their habits. You can say you know. But these are fundamental errors in human perception, and uh, those perceptions have to be corrected. But you have to first uh, be a candidate for that freedom. That we are creators of our own world. Yes, we are secondary creators. It's like God paints uh, paints a picture of an artist, and the artist paints a picture of his world. So both the artist and what he paints is only God's painting. When I say ultimately, I don't mean in sequences of time, but of subtlety. Uh, nobody's personal world can become universal. Nobody's personal world. This is what we are fighting to defend: is your personal world, personal identity, personal world. There can never be. A unification of the world uh, from a personal perspective. The only one who can somehow unite the world in such a way is the one who has first uh, transcended their own ego. Then that one is the universal being. Such a one sees rightly, the others they don't see. You take one birth from your mother and your father, but your next birth must be a birth in spirit. You have to be twice born. If you are only once born, you will die. If you are twice born, you will not die. Born physically, you must be reborn spiritually somehow, meaning that you are awake to who you are. <coughs> 
apparent gave birth to awareness. I tell you guys too much, though. You know, I think maybe this is the trouble. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Why do you say that, Vijay? Because it just pours out. <laughs> I give away all the sweeties. It just pours out. It's like that. You know, remember I told you one time? Suppose there was a certain sage who slept for twenty three hours and fifty five minutes every day to sleep and then wakes up for 5 minutes hmm? goes of a pee comes back lights a cigarette looks at you once one look and you are filled with the Spirit of God. And then another 23 hours, 59, 55 minutes. Could you be a devotee to such a sage? Yes. Yeah, very good. Sometimes a little is more. I am not a good uh, portion sharer, but a little is more sometimes. Because uh, everything is made available for you. Not everything, you know, not everything. As much as you can cope with. Because consciousness does not waste any, any part of its expression. Understand when it comes from here. I'm not talking about just kind of verbal teachings now. I'm talking about the spirit of life. Mm. It does not waste any part of its expression. I mean, it doesn't come from the mind. It doesn't come from learning. It comes from the inspiration of God. It doesn't waste anything. So if it speaks, it's because somehow it also has prepared the ears to listen to something, even if just one person. Sometimes I know that in a room I'm speaking to one person. Or maybe I don't count them. Sometimes I can feel, you know, wow, this is a good one. Like it was really assimilated. There's been rare occasions in a room where I feel the entire room is completely stoned in the truth. Basically, I have felt it sometimes. It's a wonderful feeling. But very often, just a few just get falling down. Yeah, and the others are kind of like this. You feel these things energetically. You know, I'm not taking any record of it. But you do feel, and I also know sometimes when something is said, and it's almost like nobody's got it. You know, it's like it's like throwing uh, some frisbee over everybody's head, <laughs> and nobody got it. But sometimes you want to ask. I talk to myself. Sometimes you ask this question. 
you say something and then then take it myself. I'm listening, guys. <laughs> That's just theatre. That's just I play. I have to play with you. I have to provoke you a little bit because sometimes uh, just to catch your attention. But you sleep so easily. Sometimes I have the feeling that somehow I'm trying to impart to you everything because I might leave this body or something. Because I don't have any sense of. Um, maybe because I I don't hold on to any concept about future. So everything is sort of like now, but only like I say, as much as you can comprehend. Because rarely, on some occasion, I find that something keeps going. I said, "Wow, I'm so happy, you know, I'm so happy that this gets imparted because I don't come with the intention to do this. Like I'm going to talk about this." But somehow it happens so beautifully inside that it just keeps going, and I find uh, we are together still, and this is the most beautiful thing. Because after sometimes I feel I've run out now. Okay, no more now. The last trip we can take. But another kind of time, someone is just traveling with you. So wow, and uh, rare, but it's very very beautiful. There's no such thing as. You just tell us the eyes teaching. What am I? Some performer? I'm not like that. You have to be ready. You cannot. You ask questions, but you're not ready for the answers to them. When something is ready, that amount of space is full. If you come with, with a cup with only sort of like for thirty mils, you get thirty mils as much as you can take. Somebody else in the same room as, you know, as one litre cup, they get one litre. Isn't it? It feels like this. <laughs> I feel that my greatest joys have come when I really, I don't care about myself. Some great care is there, but it's not about you know like uh, just something. Just you have those rare moments where you, you can drop your life. You can drop your life. You've made that. You've made that pledge in front of God. You see, how can I speak about the Supreme? Why can I speak about God and speak at the same time of this indivisible truth? I don't know. You know? Because normally Gyani talks only about, you know, the ultimate, the absolute you know, there's nothing but that, there's nothing, no form, there's no this, no that. But no true jnani can refute what I say, because they are they are have the same thing. My love aspect come from God. My wisdom aspect come from the supreme awareness. But I don't see any difference. You follow. I don't feel any difference. I don't know any difference anywhere. All of it is all of it.
maybe maybe everybody who come here has to be a jnana bhakta you understand you have to be that wide you know what a jnana bhakta is I told you when I am in this mood, all the angels are happy. You think I'm joking? No. Sometimes I feel I'm crazy to say such things. You know, I'll go to hell for saying such things. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can, but uh, I can't stay there. I can go visit over there. We'll talk with Mr. Behelzebub a little bit. He said at one time, Lord Rama and Lord Shiva met in the forest. These two, they met in the forest, and uh, they went inside this this shrine. They went inside, and the devotees had to stay outside. Now the devotees of Shiva are all the ghosts. And the devotees of Rama are all the monkeys, mm-hmm. and they're outside. They kind of like sneering at each other, arguing <laughs> outside. But their masters are gone inside, embracing each other. Change the story, and I say that when the masters emerged, they decided that they will they will they will appear in each other's body. So they they each walk off with their devotees, and none could tell the difference. That's how I changed the story. 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was editing a satsang the other night, and you said something in it like, Shiva has these dreads, the image of Shiva has these dreads, and and this staff, and all these things. I don't remember the words you said. But that's not Shiva. And it just struck me so much, like, Shiva has no form, and then struck me like we have no form of course like it's so obvious mm. in that moment yeah it's just very beautiful because <laughs> the man considers himself as a form so he needs a god with form also mm-hmm. he needs to have a world with form because he venerate the senses and the senses also uh, are functioning through the form the the physical senses the spiritual senses have a different way. They have a subtle forms. They they trip out on subtler forms. All these things. Uh, give us the sense of uh, visibility, but where they are rising out of where I am, what I am, uh, I cannot find. It's not found. This shadow you call. A person is just too too small a thing. This is a very good metaphor. Like I look at this thing here, you see? Uh, you see the pictures are moving. And then it seems like the twenty-two forty-two is moving also. It's like it's going down, and the others are going up. Sometimes can feel like that. Mm-hmm. You see, but if there's no image on the screen, then you see the absolute stillness of the of the twenty-two forty-two. Although now it's going to be forty-three in a second, but I like that. No, I like this type of thing looking like that. Isn't mm-hmm. it? Okay. Now, but the one who is understanding. Uh, can see the stillness of the twenty-two forty-two, and the movement of the of the of the images, and the non-movement of them at the same time. Mm. You see, and understand what what then what actually is moving. You see all these things. It's like it's so it is so um, multidimensional <laughs> in, in 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 perception. You see, you see, and yet uh, all of that is appreciated from a stillness. And yet, at the same time, sometimes we are looking for the stillness outside, like you are looking. That is so still. But it is not more still than where the stillness is perceived. Uh, can these things be successfully taught? They can only be pointed out. You know? And then the intelligence then sort of like somehow digests them, assimilate it.
and then in that moment, tremendous joy. Ananda is fills the air. The air. Standing still is the time. It yeah. is like a weird concept because, like, the things that are not changing are the things that are moving. But it's almost like the time is not moving, but because it's so still. Yes. And yet, time indicates movement. Yes. I would tell anybody, don't get mixed up with all these kind of things, miscalculations. Don't waste time, but only the ones who come to me. I don't want to go out of my way to tell anybody that. To say, listen, if you want to, if you want to meet God, be ready to meet Him now. Understand? If you want to meet God, don't want to meet God tomorrow. Be wanting to meet Him now. To meet God now. You understand? Because the mind is full of cheating. If you say, I want to meet tomorrow, it's not true. It's not true. You're already postponing. Or you may tell people, Oh, you know, I'm ready for meeting God tomorrow, not at the end of the world tomorrow. But you're already a cheat, you don't know. You have to know it all now. In French, we say, Tomorrow we shave for free. Tomorrow, tomorrow we what? We shave. Demain, on rase gratis. We shave. Yeah. Sure. 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 I should go to my bed now. That's uh, I can't really move. I can, I can. Uh, no, no, I don't need help. I can. It just feels easy to sit down here. Sound a bit arrogant to other people sometimes. They don't, don't know, but I can see. I can. I can see how Jesus must have felt with his friends, his disciples. <laughs> and we can't go to bed because it must be so much joy. I mean, what is more joy 
than to be in the energy field of the Sangha. You cannot, you see? Either you suffer, even if you suffer, you enjoy, it's a joy. But your mind don't know that it's a joy. Your mind is telling you, no, oh, it's so terrible, look how you feel. Would you wish I could express? There is such a gratitude and, and love, and I know I I don't have to because you know <laughs> I have no words for it. This is where the life is great, not outside, not here, not it's here. Here is where the life is. The television is there, the image is there, but where is it being appreciated? Here. And the life has to be here. This is the life here. Isn't it? Hmm? This is the lighthouse also. And the perceiving of the light is here. What is the satsangs with me, I tell you, is that? It's just killing your distractions. Something wants to go to be the and so it's just chop it. Stay here, stay here. I said, Jesus Christ. Why are you giving me so much trouble? Huh? I remember the story of Sri Ramakrishna, Ramakrishna, a great saint he is. Great Jnani also. And one of his disciples, who he loved so much, this boy came to him as a young boy, Narendra, later to become Swami Vivekananda, very famous Swami, because he was to take Ramakrishna's teachings to the West, to the United States of America, at this, at this big United Nations, or you know, this, this big conference of religions, and he spoke. This is many years later, but when he was a disciple, young disciple at the Mahabuddha Master, he had a, a a sort of what you may call a temperament that's much more like the behavior of a jnani. You know, he was more wisdom-minded. He was more, you know, the the, the teachings of Shiva and you know non-duality was very strong. Like this. Now, Ramakrishna's um, his role in the life was more of a a bhakta. He was completely devoted to Kalima. So Ma Kali, he, you know, that's, that was that was God for him. He related to God through the form of uh, Kali. And then after a while, Narendra or Vivekananda, as a boy, as a young disciple, he was always fighting with the master a little bit. Why you speak about this and? And you know, but there is only the one. You said there's only the one. So what is this too? Why are you speaking so much? You're singing these beautiful songs. And so, but Narendra himself was a singer. He also used to sing. You know, beautiful songs also. But to him, his songs was just tradition in a way, up to a point. Whereas to the master, he was singing out. He, he entered into a state of samadhi, and he's singing. He's just singing. He used to hear people sing. Just mention the word of God in any language, and he just, he's gone. It's like it was like taking so heroin neat. You understand? You say, Holy Father, he's gone. Hmm? 
You sing a song, oh mother, you know, oh mother, beloved mother, he's gone. <laughs> Sometimes he's walking, somebody says, you know, praise be to God. That is he had it. He's gone. And then he's gone for a while too. And the people would sit around him and praise and they're they're just like they they were completely in awe. He said, What what's happening? He's gone. And then slowly, slowly his consciousness returned, he's kind of feel more, you know, the bodily consciousness would return and he's, he's, he's again you could he could talk and move like that. One day Vivekananda was uh yeah, I think he was sharing a room with Rakal, who was another devotee. I think it might have been Rakal, my memory of them is not so they're in the room and Rakal came come running up to the master's room. It's Master Master. Yes, what is it? It says uh, uh, Narendra Vivekananda. But let's call him Narendra then. He's completely berserk. He's gone mad. Gone mad? Yes, he can't find himself. He's running around like a headless chicken. <laughs> he can't find himself. He said, Where am I? Where am I? Where am I? Where am I? Running around. Yeah. So the disciples were, were a bit afraid. And he, he went to the man, the man he went to the master and Rakan uh, said, You know, he has lost his he's lost himself. He can't find himself. <laughs> so the master was a bit was very calm. He said, "You know what? Let him stay like that for a while. He's causing enough trouble already. <laughs> let him run around for a bit. He will come around in a bit, but let him run around in this state for a bit because when he's when he's around, he just causes a bit of trouble. He's, uh, he always, you know, then he will know. You see, mother has kissed him. Now let him stay in his madness for a little bit." Sometimes these that real relationships they play out like that. You see, you could not find. Look at where's me? Where I can't find myself? Has you seen me? Have you seen me? (laughs) 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 What does it mean when somebody does that? It means. They cannot find their localized consciousness. They cannot find any reference to their personal sense of self. You see? Because that preoccupies our psyche so much you know, that all your relationships is referring back to this personal self, and then it's gone. And uh, but something is there, afraid. No, something is there. Say, I can't find myself. You see, it is the consciousness now. It's more the consciousness than the person now, but in the consciousness is still in a state of delusion. You see, because he's tied himself to the person. And the person is gone, and the deluded kind of I can't find what happened to me. I can't find myself. You see, <laughs> would you like a state like that? Okay, for a little bit, only for a little bit. <laughs> Yesterday you mentioned the um, ego of God's ego. You said something to this, and uh, in a way I was very happy to hear that because in the, um, in this book that you read about uh, Ramakrishna, um, I was struck uh, a little bit when it was said that Sri Ramakrishna himself retained a little bit of ego so he could actually teach 
Yeah. And that felt strange to me because the word ego I only knew in this personal sense and I could yeah. not imagine that Sri Ramakrishna as a great being he was that he would still be bothered about ego. But then yesterday when you said this, that kind of... What did I say? Uh, you said something about, I mean, I cannot put it in the context, but you used to, the word ego of God, oh, God's ego. ego. Yeah, God's ego yeah. When you spoke to Maria, I don't remember exactly the whole context of it, but um, so that kind of um, um, was a beautiful, yes. beautiful way of uh, you, uh, saying that. Yes, I was referring also to that the I am is the ego of God. Mm. In one way, you know, you can say that the, the person also is like, in a way, the more a more a more extreme form. <laughs> but uh, somehow these things they 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 get cooked inside you. Most of our knowledge, or insights, they come, you know, sort of prepared in some way without your deliberate study they get like revealed inside just something just comes to see it's like when i use the term like this peeling away of the cataract of ignorance and this clear seeing remaining like that but even that sometimes can be a little bit misunderstood because always seeing is 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 linked to you know object and subject like the subject perceives the object, you see. But uh, really, the highest expression of seeing is uh, the understanding uh, of your real position. Mm. You see, that uh, somehow you're seeing from uh, the inmost being. So you're seeing an object. The inmost being is not really perceiving objects in quite that way. All objects become the subject then. All apparent objects. In fact, they're always the subject. Everything is only the subject. But in the expression of duality, I'm very happy to be saying this. But in the in, in the expression of uh, duality, the, the the subject must split into subject and object. But even this subject, that as an object, which is the expression out of the I am, even this subject has a little bit of object in him. Easy. The pure subjectivity is completely without reference. I wonder if you follow that. Yeah. Yeah. This is why I say the subject beyond the concept of subject. Because that subject which has got the counterpart of object is itself subtly uh, object, subtle object. You see? Although both of them is the one subject, but in the play of duality they appear subject and object, but within the realm of duality that subject also has object in him. Don't ask me to repeat that. When I speak like that, does it sound I mean, do you still feel the the spirit and the love in what I say when I say this? Yes. Because some people will say, like, you know, oh, this is very mental. I say, oh, my God, what you don't, you know, you're, you're crazy. You don't listen to the words on me. Yeah. It yeah. points to something and guides something inside. Yeah. To see. Yeah. It opens locks. Yes. Yeah. I'm happy.
I know it because I wouldn't say it unwise. But I like to hear just you know some signs of life, really. Also, hmm. Muji, you say that actually you said of um, that the liberation or freedom is not only for me. Yes. And uh, <clears throat> when you spoke to us the other day in this strong way, what I discovered uh, here is that that somehow this um, that seeking liberation can very much be the highest egoic endeavor in the sense that we look for some I mean how to say that we're still looking I mean I, I'm speaking for myself in my own experience there is still um, a personal goal in that mm. of um, yeah, but we must remember this thing, right? That this searching for liberation is the action of consciousness. We must not forget this thing, because then that nullifies that the person is searching for something. You see, it cannot come back to the ownership of the person. The person itself is the expression of consciousness. So the consciousness is functioning through this shape of a this conceptual shape of a person, because it chooses this, uh, these kind of intricacies to, to play and to, in a way, hide itself in its own projections, to thicken the soup of uh, manifestation, and then to come back into the clear waters of seeing again. So it has to be somehow um, understood that it is the, whole, the whole imagery is generated by consciousness. You see, so even the feeling that yeah, it's just be my ego is doing that. You must, when you say my ego, you must now establish again, remind yourself that you are consciousness speaking. And then when you say yes, is my you know yes, it's coming from my ego, then you see immediately it changes the meaning, because then your ego is seen as only something secondary to you, because you are consciousness. If you don't do this, you might just believe that you are the ego. And then that's where the sin starts, in a sense, the, the, the sinful repercussions of that. But when you see that it's from the consciousness, then you see it's consciousness is responsible for all of that uh, thing. Then you can see that it's it's totally the film. It's like uh, if we are watching a film, and then sometimes you forget that it's a film, and you start to think it's real. In a life, the life is a kind of like a film of consciousness, you can say, whereby this film is on a screen, but it's a three-dimensional screen, with a sense of with perspective and distance and textures and smells and everything is inside that. You know, God's virtual virtual reality dream movie. Um, so. Um, and then, within the great tapestry, the great dream, each one is themselves their own little Spielberg in their own movie. So it's like a, a secondary creation, like the creation is creating also. <laughs> you understand? The creation is create this create is creating also, but forgetting that it it itself is 
created, meaning that itself at the body mind uh, level. Because once it knows in the soul that it, it that it is uh, the self, it cannot anymore think itself as a phenomenon. It's like it's like the smelling salts wakes up the consciousness of whoa, and so it, it cannot really dream anymore. Because everything it does, it sees that it's and it's now it's perceiving the dream, it's perceiving it being awake. Sometimes it wants to be in the dream and be totally in the dream, like uh, the dreamer is the dream also. He's like it's inside the dream. You want to be believe in the dream or something. Mm-hmm. And when you awake, you see the dream. You can still enjoy the dream, but you also you know it's sourced in your your awakening. Does it make sense what I'm saying? Because I can't go too much far with the touch, you know, just uh, just to correct a little some some things. Um, when we speak like this, uh, from the it arises from that that space within. It doesn't really require too much thinking because you're all listening. Is happening in such a broad, like in a multi-dimensional functioning, so that you don't have to be scratching your head so much. It's a bit like water being poured into water. It's more like you are understanding through resonance. You're understanding through synchronicity, and not through mind. Mind's heavy way to learn. Mind is the ego's way of learning. Easy, but when you somehow I'm pointing you back to yourself, to your center. This is my main pointing. And from the center, your understanding becomes very intuitive, very immediate, immediate like this. And it's not like a whole, it's not like a whole, you know, encyclopedia of knowledge. Not like this. It's more always just pointing you back to the self. The joy that people get from the mental understanding. You know, is sort of like so much less than the joy that is just coming from harmony. When you are in harmony, it's not like you are collecting knowledge. You are the, both the knowledge in that moment. You are the knowledge and the perceiving of that knowledge or that knowingness. You see, and I don't want to talk so much because something inside says, "Oh, it's enough. It's enough." Because any further, you might go into the mind. Yes, you start to call the mind. Because that's the habit. Our habit is the mind. So something just stays in the, like you're in the, in the neutrality. You're somehow the neutrality. How does the neutrality understand? You cannot say. It. Just understanding takes place. It's more like the confirmation of something which is already inside. Yeah, it's already inside. It's already, it's already here. Everything is here. But don't think that uh, we have to hold on to the the the, the manifest understanding too much. You see, the purpose of that is not to clarify a manifest understanding. The manifest understanding is only a reflection of that of that uh, imageless awareness. You, you be in that. Don't uh, hold on to the knowledge. 
the knowingness also itself is phenomenal in some way. And you come back into the pure spirit, pure, pure spirit. And that's not a changeful, that's not oscillating. And as soon as it's pointed out, after a few times, you see, my God, but it was always obvious, it was obvious. How could something be missing so much, something so obvious? Is it? Yeah? And even that it's not even obvious, even. After a while, it goes past obvious. Hmm? Obvious means it is recognized. Ah, it's recognized. See, there's still a little dualities there. You know, natural self was natural self. You know, no calculation, no no summarizations, no comparisons, nothing, nothing, nothing there. Then the old man would probably thinking about God, but why would you want something there's nothing there? Why you go to something there's nothing? Is it? Because it doesn't know anything but something. It wants to know something. He said, Well how can you how can you be so happy with nothing? It's completely is that that is that sound is how can you live without eating? It's completely ridiculous. It doesn't exist. You see? So in our own limitation, you know, but how can you how can you how can you have nothing? You have nothing at all, nothing, nothing, nothing. This is what consciousness is portraying through the expression of Jainism in some way. They're showing you a yogi walking on the street in the centre of the city with with, with with nothing at all, walking completely. I've seen them in, in once in uh Tirana when I walking around, only with some Nike. Yeah, Nike. No, nothing else. Yeah. yeah, I don't know who gave him that. Yeah. But uh, we're usually walking, walking. They have nothing at all. They don't have anything at all to demonstrate that you don't need anything. And when they don't have anything, you are comp- you have a, you have an uncrowded happiness. You, 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 it's like you see, like Papaji say, you need you need nothing to be happy. You need something to be sad. You see, so like he's not he's not showing nothing. He's just, he's just walking about. I mean, of course. I mean, it can also be it's on a superficial level also. You see, but here is a demonstrating that you know it's, it's nothing. So that the people who think that you need something can look and say, "Ah, oh, well, this guy, why is he so happy? He's got nothing. He's not even got a diapon. You see, he doesn't have anything at all. How is he? How can he be? You see, so." The consciousness is sending a lot of clues, you know, into its dream. Little little alarm clocks to wake us up out of sleep. But we don't raise up so easy. Eh? A little bit, eh? <laughs> go straight back, you see? So that must be the game, you saying, you know, I'm so precious that I must hide myself from my dreamed self. When my dream self is enough awake, it will recognize its real self, which is me, and there's no duality in that. I better shut up now. What's all this talk about? Just joy. Joy is celebrating joy. Joy is celebrating joy. Love is celebrating love. Peace is just trying to give itself away. It is ocean
before desire moves it is emptiness mm-hmm. you give everything to everything take what I am not 